Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oi. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends. How many of us have them? 77 WABC. So we didn't make any motions yet. We just got the, the documents. We're still waiting for the evidence. We'll make motions over time, including motions to dismiss, prior misconduct, selective prosecution, um, all a host of things. I mean, when you say selective prosecution, look at the example I just gave you, where there's a real mis- mislabeling of entries. That's my dear friend of 43 years, one of Trump's attorneys, Joseph Takapina. That was with me moments ago on this show, New York's number one talk show. Takapina was kind enough to hop on. As you heard, uh, they're getting ready. Once they go over the rest of the, he says evidence, there is none. Uh, They'll start uh, with the motions, motion to dismiss and all these things. And that does bring us, by the way, I did read John Stossel. You know, he is that TV guy. He's a bit of a jerk-off, but he wrote an uh, editorial in the New York Post yesterday where he, and he hates Trump. I mean, he hates Trump, hates him like Joy Behar. But he actually said in the column that the country would be much better off right now if Trump was in charge and not Biden. And he listed all the things that Trump did well and all the things that Biden hasn't. But he did say, I counted three times in the column, that Donald Trump is a horrible person. What do you mean, horrible person? I mean, I, I know Trump. He's yeah, He could be an idiot and a hole. I get it. But horrible? I don't know. Horrible person to me is like Osama bin Laden. I don't know about Donald Trump. But either way, the reason why Takapina's quote there is good is because Michael Goodwin, who's anything but a horrible person, he's a great man and a tremendous writer for the New York Post, wrote this not that long ago. Is that really all there is to the Trump indictment? How pathetic. And uh, certainly me and Takapina agree. Here he is back again. I love this guy, Michael Goodwin. Mike, good Monday morning, pal. How are you? Uh, very good, Sid. Thank you. Nice to have you. I know you heard that quote from Takapina with me about 15 minutes ago. And, uh, you know, reading your column, of course, uh, uh, we, a lot of us thought, I spoke to you right before, uh, and Dershowitz, maybe they were going to unveil some surprise, maybe something. And we got nothing last, tu- uh, last Tuesday. Nothing. Well, that that remains uh, sort of the the takeaway that uh, you had to believe that, uh, given the stakes, given the historic moment, that Alvin Bragg, even Alvin Bragg, would not sort of come to this gunfight with a knife. Uh, but in fact, he came with a paring knife. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it just makes no sense why he would push that out there and say this is. This is it. This is really the smoking gun. I mean, it, 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 it really was pathetic. And, you know, all along we heard that he was going to use a novel legal theory. We knew that it was somehow about Stormy Daniels, and he threw in Karen McDougal and an unidentified doorman also receiving hush money. But you have to then listen to him when he talks about how this cheated voters in 2016. So at heart, he is going back to Trump was illegitimately elected. Now, once you go down that road and then you're left with these hush payments, uh, you look like a fool. 
Yeah. And that's what Alvin Bragg yeah. looks like. The, yeah. I mean, there's so if, look, if you want to go down that road, what about the steel dossier that Hillary Clinton funded? What about her emails? Or if you want to go down that road, what about in 2020 when Joe Biden uh, and, and those 51 signers of that Russian disinformation claim about Hunter's laptop? What about Joe Biden saying, I never talked to my son about his business or my son never made a penny in China? What about all of that? <laughs> so, I mean, if you're going to go down the election road, you can't just pick and choose something that happened in 2016 and say, this is a crime, this is disqualifying, and nothing else matters. I mean, that, that paints you as a partisan. And that paints your prosecution as a political prosecution. And I, I think uh, that now has caught on. I think a lot of people who came in hoping for more were disappointed. And I don't see how Alvin Bragg salvages this mm. with one exception, and that is the New York courts. Right. That the New York courts will hate Trump as much as he does. That, that, that's yeah. what he's banking well, that's on, a, and New York jury. That's if it goes to trial. Takapina seemed to think it may not go to trial. But I will give you some alarming evidence against what you just said. And I know it's MSNBC. You can't, you can't trust them. But according to them, the latest NBC poll, 45% of people on April 1st thought Donald Trump was guilty. On April 10th, 50% think he's guilty. And when that go, what that goes to, Michael, is something that is a lot more dangerous and powerful than evidence or Takapina, or Alvin Bragg, and that is Trump derangement syndrome. You wrote about it just yesterday. Quote, Dems play same old hand, the Trump card. Joe Biden blamed Trump last week for Afghanistan. And my sister, who's a very smart, smart lady, agrees. So this Trump derangement syndrome thing is very powerful and could even have people in America believe that what happened last week was right. And they do. Believe it or not, they do. Consider that Alvin Bragg got 83 percent of the vote in Manhattan, despite running on a campaign that he was essentially going to decriminalize everything short of uh, murder, um, which he has done. And he's still the D.A. Uh, Look, I I think there are other polls, too, Sid, that show uh, upwards of 80 percent of Democrats favor this prosecution. Now, they, I'm sure you know, only a, a relative handful have read the documents or heard the debate. They don't care. They just want Donald Trump. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Well, I'll make, it wor- I'll make it worse for you. I've spoken to some of those Democrats who have said, let me tell you something. We know this case is a joke, but believe me, there are five ongoing cases right now. Five. Takapina's got a rape case out of Bergdorf Goodman. 
One or two of those have to be real. So we don't care about this case. Basically, he got last week what he deserves because he's a guilty man regardless. They know nothing was nothing was last week. They don't care because they feel like he's guilty of at least one of these five. Well, and, and that's where we are as a country. Now, to my knowledge, only three of the remaining cases are criminal. Uh, the rape case is actually a civil case, strangely enough. Yes. Uh, but but no prosecutor would touch it. That's what it means. Uh, but uh, I I do think that that is what's driving this, and that is giving the, all these Democratic prosecutors that is giving them the buoyancy to continue, knowing that they will be popular among the people who would vote for them. And, and I think that's all – I think Merrick Garland falls into that camp. I think Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States, is a bitter partisan hack. And he – I mean, you look – and again, maybe Donald Trump did something wrong. But did Joe Biden do anything wrong with documents, right? Or, or are we supposed to ignore that Joe Biden had classified documents scattered around various places, <laughs> houses and offices. But you don't hear any about that. You don't hear any leaks coming from his special prosecutor. You don't hear any court cases. It's all about Trump. So here you have the Justice Department investigating two presidents, one former, one current, for the same issue. Do you think they're being treated the same? Not even close. No, you're 100% right. So I thought about you quite a bit the last couple of days. Uh, my family, we went to um, London on Tuesday. My daughter goes to a college in Wales, about two hours okay. away from London in Cardiff. It's a lovely little town. So we flew into London. We spent two days, Michael, in Cardiff in Wales with Ava. Then we spent two days in London. And uh, it's a big, bustling city. We stayed in the theater district, just like New York. On my corner was Mamma Mia, Tina Turner, the Lion King. You can walk down the block, meet somebody from Italy, from Germany, from Brooklyn. We had this. It's the same thing, I'm telling you, except, except there's no guns. There's no violence. There's no homeless. There's not people walking down the street smoking drugs. There was not uh, people, you know, naked in the streets. There was no public masturbation. I took the subway twice. Never saw one homeless person. And all I kept saying to my wife was, you know, I'm trying to like Eric Adams here. I'm trying. But I got to tell you, it's one excuse after the other. You travel to other major cities around the world, and they don't have nearly the same amount of problems that we've got. Why can't somebody get something done here? As soon as I landed, Michael, I was like, wow, I'm sick of the excuses. Why? No, I think that's an eye-opening experience. Uh, I, I think when we're in New York and New York only, we begin to feel like this is the way it has to be. But when you go somewhere else and you see it's not that way, you say, well, why does it have to be this way in New York? And I think there there are – there are reasons why this has happened. There are a, a complex web of, of laws and regulations. But I think ultimately, Sid, it comes down to leadership. You know, it, it, if you have a mayor who will not tolerate these things, then you have a mayor who will get things done. If you have a mayor who is going to make progress, as Eric Adams did, and then basically say, see, we made progress, things are good. <laughs> They're not, there is progress, but it's not nearly enough. No. And you have to see this thing through to the conclusion if you want to save the city. I mean, you know, the, the, the COVID experience of remote work and remote living 
has, I think, put an extra burden on the mayor uh, or, or any city that has problems. People are going to leave. They don't have to be there anymore. And if you don't recognize that, I mean, employers want people in the office, but they can't force them because they're afraid they'll lose them, and then they won't be able to replace them. I mean, this is a, a, a sorry state of affairs, but the mayor is going to have to, I think, fight harder, fight louder. He's going to have to work with the governor to demand the legislature change these laws. He's going to have to work with the Alvin Braggs and, and tell them he's going to out them. He's going to campaign against them. That's all they ultimately care about, is they care about the will of the voters. Eric Adams has to get the voters on his camp. He has to turn them into an army so that they can shake up the Braggs, the legislative leaders. He has to be loud about this. He has to take chances. He has to be a fighter. And I'm afraid he, he'll, you know, he'll fight the first two rounds, but he won't fight. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Now, that has been the history. No, that's what it looks like. You're right. I mean, even on the show last week, I had the mayor on the day before Trump was hauled into court, and he actually commended Alvin Bragg on doing a good job. I mean, come on, Eric, you kidding me? So that brings us uh, to the conclusion, which is the governor and this uh, state budget, which is uh, still not there yet. I mean, I know bail reform is a major sticking point. I guess that's good news. But uh, another, uh, another postponement. Where are you with Kathy Hochul and this state budget? Well, look, uh, I think if Hochul doesn't get some of the bigger things that, that she's pushing, such as uh, increasing the number of charter schools in the city, uh, some uh, no, no new income taxes and uh, changes in the bail law, I think if she doesn't get at least two of those, uh, she's then, I think, something of a lame duck. Because it will show that the legislature, not the governor, is really running the state. Which, by the way, we saw a piece of that when LaSalle wasn't confirmed. So right there that day, right? I mean, right, Cuomo, that would have happened under him. Is it fair to assume, Mike, you're in line with all three of those things you just mentioned that she needs to get done, all three? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Uh, And I think that she's doing some other things that she shouldn't do. But, I mean, this, the housing thing, trying to take over state zoning Terrible. is a huge mistake. And she wants to increase a business tax, an, employ, an employer tax, uh, which I think is another mistake. I think she hasn't figured out the MTA. I still don't feel, Sid, overall that she knows what it means to be governor, uh, that she's still acting in many ways like a substitute teacher, <laughs> you know, that she doesn't. She doesn't have the full range of aims and ambitions and the, and the team to get it done. She, she's kind of tiptoeing yeah. around and still trying not to break the glass, still trying to find where the restroom is. <laughs> you know, there's a sense that she's not fully a fighter in the way that you need to be. Now, I, I, I do not want her to be like Andrew Cuomo, who fought just to fight, who fought out of personal animus, who was who was a bully to people. You don't need to do that. We have had effective governors who who didn't 
they knew how to use their power without being offensive about it. I mean, Rockefeller, for example, there's this famous story about Nelson Rockefeller. He's trying to get something done. He calls a legislator in. The legislator of his own party says, uh, no, I'm not going to do what you want. And Rockefeller says, well, I could could, uh, give you something. He says, what could you give me that I don't have or can't get on my own? And Rockefeller looks at him and says, I can give you a primary. And meaning I will fund your opponent. I will fund your opponent and you will lose your job. I love that. He got what he wanted. That's what a governor with power does. You effectively use that power to carry out your agenda. Hochul doesn't do that. No. And I don't think she knows how. I think you're right. And then uh, getting about the Cuomo for one second, a second lawsuit filed yesterday against Cuomo and DeRosa and uh, Melissa on this nursing home stuff. I wasn't here last week, but I heard Janice Dean was on with John on Friday. And, of course, she's furious, and she's right. She's a 1,000% right. I don't side with Cuomo even 1% in that battle. I'm on Janice's side all the way. But a second lawsuit now comes out yesterday. Are we getting closer to maybe some repercussion, maybe? Well, again, back to Kathy Hochul. She was she she met with the families. Something Cuomo never did. I think Janice Dean was among them, um, and she promised that she would appoint a commission to get to the bottom of this. Well, she appointed the commission, but it it has not reported back. She pushed it until well after the election, and here we are. What is she waiting for? I mean, this is the kind of thing. This is this. This qualifies as low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. People want this. Yep. This was a terrible thing that happened. Um, and, and, you know, look, I was, I was involved. I got the first letter from a reader, a woman named Arlene Mullen from Long Island, whose mother died. Arlene Mullen is a very smart woman. She found out about this order before anybody in the media. And she alerted us, the Post, And we were the ones who first asked Cuomo about it. Mm. And until then, nobody really knew how, why these, why the hospitals were dumping these people in the nursing homes. And it it turns out that the nursing homes were forced to accept them. You know, if you go back and read that letter, that that order now, Sid, it still shocks the conscience. It would not Mm. let the nursing homes even test these people to Mm. see if they were still positive, lest they be discriminated against. Mm. I mean, it is, it, it's unbelievable. With COVID, they did that. Andrew Cuomo did that, and he has never fully answered for that. Never. But he did get his $5 million book yes. deal. Yes, and I believe, yeah. along with Ronald Kim, the assemblyman from Queens who helped lead this fight, that the two things are related. He wanted to keep all the COVID deaths secret in the nursing homes because he was writing a book, because he was going to run for president, because he didn't want any bad news on his watch true and uh biden blamed trump for afghanistan and cuomo on this station blamed trump last week for the nursing home deaths when we know that president trump sent chips here right i mean he said and and not and cuomo didn't use one of those beds not one instead he stuck them in nursing homes anyway i can't thank you enough i, I could talk to you all day that's how great you are a tremendous columnist really great on radio too my friend michael goodwin what a great job this morning thank you so much my pleasure, Sid. Thank you very much. My man, Michael Goodwin, New York Post. How about that? What a great conversation.